Because strong, stable communities starts with the health of its individuals. Because access to mental health support should be available to everyone. Because recreation helps us become healthier and connect socially. Today on Because Radio, Good Neighbors Active Living Center helps Winnipegers 55 plus stay active and connected. New installations by three Indigenous artists at the Forks pay homage to Manitoba's past and recognize the role truth and reconciliation plays in our journey forward. This week's Winnipeg Impact Maker Shannon Coates pedals for the Canadian Mental Health Association with her event, Spin Me Baby One More Time. And we'll have a preview of the latest episode of Because and Effect featuring Stephen Shipper, Artistic Director of Royal Manitoba Theatre Centre. All this and more on Because Radio. Hello and welcome to Because Radio episode number five. My name is Robert Zirk. And I'm Sonny Pomolo. Hope everyone out there had a wonderful long weekend this past weekend. Sonny, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Nice and uh, relaxed and rested. Yeah, ready to go. All right. And we've got quite the show to to get to today. Um, As we mentioned, we have your conversation with Shannon Coates, who, through her event Spin Me Baby One More Time, is raising money in support of the Canadian Mental Health Association. We'll have coverage from a recent announcement uh, that was made last week about new art installations that'll be at the Forks at Nijo Seabean, which was formerly known as the South Point. Producer Jeremy Morantz spoke with each of the artists who created those installations. We'll also have a preview of Because and Effect featuring Stephen Shipper, Artistic Director at Royal Manitoba Theatre Centre. And uh, to start things off, our foundation feature today is focusing on health, wellness, and recreation. And so we're going to start off with a story on Good Neighbours Active Living Centre. For more than 25 years, Good Neighbours has been holding events and programs that help Winnipeggers 55 plus stay active and build friendships. And while initially it was intended to serve Elmwood and East Kildonan, the programming at the centre has actually become quite popular to the point that seniors from all over the city are, are coming to Good Neighbours just to take part in the many activities that it offers. One example of the many events that Good Neighbours holds is the Spring Fashion Show, which happened last week. It's an annual event that also is a fundraiser for the centre, and I'll be speaking with one of the organisers, Kay Thompson, to learn more about the fashion show and about what makes Good Neighbours such a special place. This week's foundation feature on Because Radio focuses on health, wellness, and recreation. Welcome back to Because Radio. My name is Robert Zirk, and I am now joined via telephone by Kay Thompson. She is a member of Good Neighbors Active Living Centre and has volunteered on several committees, including the recent spring fashion show where she was the co-chair. Kay, thank you so much for speaking with me today. My pleasure. So first of all, tell me a little bit about Good Neighbors Active Living Centre. You've been involved for 26 years. What are some of the activities available at the centre, and how would you describe it? The centre was actually incorporated in 1993 in May, so last year we celebrated our 25th anniversary. It was started by a group of volunteers with an individual 
who at that time was with Manitoba Health, and they felt that the area of, in particular, East North Cotonum really needed a centre for seniors. And so that's how we started. We're already up to approximately 1,200 members, so it is the largest in Manitoba. We've since developed that many of our programs attract people from all over the city. It's a 55-plus. We have a small staff. We're operated by a board of directors from the community. The programs may, may be, let's say, five to ten programs at the most. We now offer roughly 60 different programs a week. That is usually from September through till, say, mid-June, and then things slacken off for the summer. So the programs range from a huge variety of exercise programs. There are outings, lectures, card games, uh, a whole variety of games, mahjong, canasta, cribbage, you name it. We produce a newsletter that goes out every two months, and this lists everything that uh, is going on at the center for a a two-month period. Sounds like there's always a lot going on at the center, and one of the most recent events took place last Wednesday, which was the Spring Fashion Show. Tell us a little bit about the idea behind the Spring Fashion Show and what people saw when they were there. The fashions are uh, usually modeled by our male and female members. This year, we invited a few of our staff to model the clothes. And each year, different stores in the city have provided the clothing. This year, the clothing came from, for the ladies, Northern Reflections at Kildonan Place. Also from, it has two names, it's called Great Finds and Lee River. And they provided clothing that was dressy casual and dress up, say, for um, evening uh, dinner wear. The men's fashions came from Mark's. And so the models go to the stores and select the clothing that they're going to wear. And the stores bring that to the center. We've always had an MC. The last, I think it's now three years, it's been Terry Apostle from CTV News. The same lady has played the keyboard for the the music uh, throughout the fashion show, Dorothy Caldwell, and she is one of the members of Good Neighbors. The fashion show, we show approximately 35 to 40, say, different uh, fashions. This year, we made it possible for our guests to also purchase some of the uh, fashions the stores provide. So it is a fundraiser for Good Neighbors because we have to do considerable fundraising uh, throughout the years. It's pretty well always been a sellout event. The other thing is the Miles Mack School. They provide pre-concert entertainment. 
So the group this year uh, was called Superphonic, and they perform for about half an hour uh, as our guests are, are gathering. As we mentioned earlier, you've been involved with, with Good Neighbors for a number of years in a variety of capacities. What do you find most rewarding about, uh, about volunteering? Giving back to the community. I took early retirement, in fact, so that I could actually do more volunteering, and I love to travel, so I do do a lot of that as well. But I think a lot of it is is just wanting to give back to the community. It's a fun group. It's a wonderful way to meet new friends, and we we have many people coming who've possibly lost a, a spouse and just don't know what to do with themselves. And you can always find something at Good Neighbors and, and make new friends. So it um, gives you the exercise. I also coordinate the golf program. We golf twice a week at Shooter's Family Golf Course on, on Main Street. And we have this year approximately 75 registered for golf. So it keeps you healthy and hopefully it keeps you young. (laughs) What would you say that programs like the Spring Fashion Show mean to the members who participate in the show? It's a fun event and it's one of our larger social events, giving people an opportunity to dress up and just come out and have a thoroughly fun afternoon. Keep in touch with what the new fashions are. And then, as I say, it gives them the opportunity to go and uh, buy items. And we do encourage them to to use the, the stores that we have used, who are all very, very supportive of the center. And I do have to add how grateful we are, and certainly were this year, to have many volunteers come from Winnipeg Foundation uh, through the United Way Day of, Day of Caring. It is a lot of work to set up uh, the room for 200 and odd people and serving uh, refreshments. And so volunteers, other than our own volunteers, who come and help is just tremendous. Uh, It's not an easy job setting up tables and chairs for over 200 people. And then, of course, everything has to be dismantled at the end. So it was great fun having the Winnipeg Foundation staff. If any of our listeners are interested in taking part in an event upcoming at Good Neighbors Active Living Center, tell us about a few of the events that are coming up on the horizon that people can take part in. We have a spring tea on Thursday, May the 30th at 1.30. We do these teas three times a year. We usually have well over 200 people at them. There's entertainment, refreshments, raffle, bake sale, etc. And non-members can attend that. It isn't just for our, our members at all. We do welcome donations at the door for that event. So that is held in the auditorium at the center. And of course, Good Neighbors Active Living Center is located in the Bronx Park Community Center at 720 Henderson Highway. We then have our annual general meeting coming up Wednesday the 19th, to which 
Again, anyone can attend. We provide a complimentary lunch. Our Hobnobs Cafe remains open Monday to Friday, just until I think it's around June 23rd, and then we do close uh, for the summer. We do a Canada Day celebration, June the 28th. We also organize some outings, so we have people going to Celebrations Dinner Theater June the 11th. We show movies throughout the summer. We have a number of lectures. Uh, One of our gentlemen, who is also one of the fashion models, puts on a series of lectures on theories of the universe. But then other lectures range from, we just had one on the history of theaters, one on pension income splitting, travel talk, May the 29th. The variety is huge. One that we do every year is on powers of attorney and executors, and that's June the 20th. All of these are listed in our newsletters, and the newsletters are available at Good Neighbors, and they are online as well. There's lots of activities and events going on at Good Neighbors Active Living Center, so we definitely encourage our listeners who are interested to check that out. Kay Thompson, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today about Good Neighbors. And a pleasure speaking to you too. Have a wonderful day. Thanks, Robert. To learn more about Good Neighbors Active Living Center and its upcoming events, you can call 204-669-1710 or visit gnalc.ca. Up next, we'll learn about three new installations by Indigenous artists that were announced last week at the Forks. Producer Jeremy Morantz was on location and spoke with artists Casey Adams, Val Vint, and Jamie Isaac to learn more about the concepts behind each of the installations. Last week, I attended an announcement at the Forks for three brand new Indigenous-themed public art pieces. The scale of the pieces will be huge, and they'll surely change the visual dynamic of the Forks for the better. I spoke with the three Indigenous artists about their newly announced projects. First up, I spoke with Casey Adams about her art piece she's calling Friendship. Casey, can you tell our listeners a bit about the uh, public art piece that you announced here today? I'm going to be creating a piece... uh Right now it's called Friendship, but we're going to see as it goes along. But it's basically uh, talks about the relationship between settler and indigenous people when they first came together. And uh, there's a wolf that's being represented by the settler community and um, a human form that is uh, representing the indigenous community. And it's the moment where they come together. And so you don't know if it's if the wolf is going to attack or if they're going to uh, be amicable. So it's, um, it's really talking about the pasts and there were good moments and there were definitely bad moments, um, but it, it really gets people thinking about the, that dialogue and, the, and that relationship and how do we move forward. What interested you about that moment when the two figures that first meeting and and coming together and you're not sure 
what's going to happen. What what about that moment interested you? Well, I'm super fascinated with history. So uh, I often wish I had a time machine and I could go back and just observe what was actually happening. Um, there's a lot of knowledge there that has been lost. So, um, but also my personal history, um, my sixth great-grandfather is Peter Fiddler, and he was... Um, He was a pretty important figure in in Manitoba history. Um, And I have a lot of Hudson Bay men in my family history, and I have a lot of uh, Cree and Ojibwe women in my history as well. So I often think about that relationship and how they did come together. And, of course, the the art will be on the on the land of the forks and can you tell me a little bit about why being at the forks is is so valuable and important to the piece well we were just talking about how i'm really happy where my piece is going to be going it's going to be really next to the uh the canadian museum for human rights uh, museum so uh i'm really excited that it's right there it talks about relationships and dialogue uh, about those relationships. And um, it's also a nice little area where you can sit and look at the piece as well. Um, so I th- I'm, I, that's, that's what I was thinking. It was like how important those connections are. Can you tell us about your artistic process and what goes into actually uh, conceiving of the piece and executing it? How does your whole creative process work? For me, it's important to do research and uh, take in a lot of information. So fortunately, I had been thinking a lot about my relationship with both both my European ancestry and my Indigenous ancestry. So when this opportunity came up, um, the ideas kind of flew, you know, and it just it flowed really well and um, it happened fairly quickly. But normally it does take me a lot longer to think about projects, so, (laughs) yeah. Okay, Casey, thank you so much for talking to me. Next, I talked to Val Vint about her piece, Education is the New Buffalo. Val, uh, thank you so much for talking to me today. Can you tell us uh, about the art piece that you announced today? Um, My piece is is a bison. uh, it's it's misnamed. Uh, the bison have been misnamed and misidentified as buffalo, but buffalo are actually from a different continent. But it's it's uh, comes from elders talking about uh, education as our new buffalo or bison, because at one time that was the animal that provided everything: food, shelter, tools, everything. And now education is what does that. So. The, the bison will be constructed out of not literal books, but um, uh, books and, and videos that are done predominantly by uh, Aboriginal authors and artists. There will also be some pieces of allies in there as well. So it's like pulling us together in a good way. <laughs> That's such a creative and interesting concept, you know, to build the bison out of those various different uh, symbols. Uh, how did you how did you conceive of that concept? Well, uh, when we when we were initially asked to do it to do something, I wanted to present something uh, positive. You know, I mean, there's lots of negative we could focus on, but that's done. I mean, it still goes on, but we try to correct that. So I prayed, put down tobacco, and in my dreams, I saw this buffalo. And that was that. 
Mm-hmm. How do you think public art contributes to the healing and contributes to the truth and reconciliation that we're all striving for? Well, I think and unless you unless you understand what happened, unless you understand history, it's difficult to understand what is going on right now. So the changes, like when we're talking about murdered and missing women and, and talking about, you know, a large number of Indigenous people living in poverty, can't get education, can't get jobs. Well, there's a history and a reason for that. So we all need to work together to make a change for, for all of us, not just Indigenous people, but for all of us, because we need to, um, we need to be... Uh, concerned about our relatives and we are all related and and from indigenous perspective we are all related period you know. well, it's very brave and it's fantastic that you're, you're doing this project Val thank you so much for talking to me today thank you very much lastly I spoke with Jamie Isaac about her piece the eighth and final fire so tell us about the uh, the piece that you announced today so I'm really excited about this work. Um, it, uh, I'm still thinking through the materials that I'm going to be using. Um, and I think there'll be a series of experimentations and just process to see what works best for that space. Um, but it's, it's um, going to tell the Anishinaabe prophecy of the eighth and final fire. And so... Um, that really tells and talks about relationships of all nations on um, Turtle Island. And the eighth and final fire um, is lit by the seventh fire based on um, the relationships and the choice that people have to make together. And that's um, based on a foundation of understanding and empathy. And it's, it will be lit or it won't be lit based on people's decisions to move forward in the future together. Uh, you mentioned your process. I'm curious, like, what, what is that creative process? What does that look like for you? Every artist has a different uh, process. Yeah, well, I think it's really important to represent um, the story or narrative of um, the work itself in different materialities. So I'm really interested in the process of material and what works um, the best to kind of transform the story or not really transform it but but more or less uh, represent that story most appropriately and so working um, through different materials and um, materials can be so amazing because they um, can transform um, uh, through each kind of material and so that's why I love um, just the experimentation part and then that'll really determine how best the story is represented. Lastly I'll just ask what is this what is the success of this look like for you what do you hope comes out of this when people see it? Well I think that public art is really important um, in so many different ways um, and I think what I hope happens with this work is that people um, will learn about that prophecy and um, will learn a little bit about our history and um, think about their own responsibility and their own stake in, in the future. Thank you so much. Thank you. Miigwech. All of those exciting new public art projects should be ready and installed at the Forks in 2020 and 2021. For Because Radio, I'm Jeremy Morantz.
Thanks, Jeremy. Each week on Because Radio, we feature impact makers in our community, and this week's Winnipeg impact maker is Shannon Coates, organizer of Spin Me Baby One More Time, an event that's raising funds to support the Canadian Mental Health Association. Welcome back to Because Radio. I'm Sonny Promolo. As you all know, Manitoba is home to some of the most giving people in the country. To share those stories, I'm going around the city to speak with impact makers in Winnipeg. This week, I'm with Shannon Coates, but you may know her as Slim Down Shannon on Instagram. Uh, she is a brand ambassador for the Manitoba Marathon and creator of Spin Me Baby One More Time, an event happening on June 1st for the Canadian Mental Health Association. Thanks for coming on Because Radio. Thanks for having me, Sunny. What is the story behind Slim Down Shannon? I was pregnant and I gained a significant amount of weight, uh, around 40 pounds. And I pretty much knew once I was done giving birth and was on mat leave, I pretty much thought, okay, I've got one year. This is a gift being on mat leave to spend time with my newborn son. But I really wanted to become fit, mentally, physically strong. And so that's kind of what I wanted to do. So that's kind of where my handle comes in. I'm so far lost about 75 pounds. And that's my handle is Slim Down Shannon. I've lost 75 pounds. Wow. So if you go on Instagram and look up Slim Down Shannon, what would people see? Um, Expect people to see is I'm real and raw. There is just all of my photos, there's no filters on them. They are just not edited at all. They are whatever I'm feeling in the moment, whether I'm talking about mental health, whether I'm talking about uh, my fitness and training for the Manitoba Marathon or a race. For example, I have one this Saturday with my son. Wow. Um, it's just anything. And I talk pretty much about anything and everything, health, fitness, mental, physical, my my wild children that I have. And just, yeah, it's just raw and out there. And then whenever somebody messages me, I just respond right away and talk with them. How did you get to become a Manitoba Marathon ambassador? Um, around just after Christmas, if I remember, Manitoba Marathon reached out to me. They found oh. me. And they loved the journey that I was on. And they reached out to me and invited myself. And there are seven other Manitoba Manitoba Marathon ambassadors, and they wanted me to represent um, their brand. And we, I'm honored because it's their first time that they've had brand ambassadors. Mm. So as Manitoba Marathon brand ambassador, you have a platform where you can give back to the community. One of those ways is through this event, Spin Me Baby One More Time. Can you tell us about it and what can people expect? Absolutely. So the event that I've created, Spin Me Baby One More Time, uh, it's an ode to I love 90s music growing up. And it is going to be an event at Wheelhouse Cycle Club on Sterling Lion on June 1st at 2 p.m. It will be 45 minutes of a ride. Anyone who purchases a ticket, they are only $20 a ticket. All of those funds that are collected on, you can buy it on Eventbrite. I will be donating everything to the Canadian Mental Health Association because that event, or that event, sorry, that association is really near and dear to me being um, and giving back to mental health. Mm. So what would you say is your because? Like, why did you choose to create this event and support the Canadian Mental Health Association specifically? I really wanted to create this event, uh, like like you said earlier, is that I have a platform. I am a Manitoba Marathon brand ambassador, and I want to give back to the community. And I thought, this is perfect. Like, people will maybe listen to me. <laughs> Little old me. Um, I just want to bring out 
such a good cause of the Canadian Mental Health Association and it's near and dear to me with my journey with mental health and I think it takes a lot of courage for people to stand up and speak about mental health. Uh, It does take a lot of courage for people to say I've got PTSD, I have anxiety or I have depression and I feel that the society thinks it should look a certain way but everyone wherever they may be in the world have some sort of mental health whether they know about it or they don't and I'm just trying to be an advocate of reaching out to this lovely community of Winnipeg and saying like it's okay to stand up and say I have anxiety I suffer from depression maybe some days are good and some days are bad Mm -hmm. so you mentioned it actually earlier what are some misconceptions of people with anxiety or anything like that what are some misconceptions about I think misconceptions kind of like I said is that people think you should look a certain way like wow, Shannon, you look like you have it together. I'm like, okay, well, on Instagram, yes, it's a highlight reel. Of course, it looks like I may some days have it together, but I'm only human. Like I have good days and I have bad days. And right now I'm struggling with my anxiety of running outside. Like I'm a runner and I love running outside, but I'm struggling right now training for the marathon that I cannot get out the door. I am training solely on the treadmill, which in my previous three years with the Manto Marathon running it, I've trained only outside with no treadmill. And for whatever reason, I'm just training indoors because that, I, for whatever reason, triggers of having anxiety. So someone may look at me and think, how could you have it? Your life looks perfect or your life looks so-and-so. I have it. And it's really brave for you to come out and say that, you know, and that's the whole point of this where it is not just this thing with people being dramatic you know it's it really is an issue so again you mentioned that tickets are twenty dollars and all of the proceeds go to the canadian mental health association for those looking to break a sweat for a good cause where can they go on eventbrite like what should they look for and uh what should they bring and where Absolutely. Thank you. Um, so on Eventbrite, you can, or even you could just Google Spin Me Baby One More Time event here in Winnipeg, and it will come up. I also have a Facebook page too, where you can find it, um, which has the link uh, to buy the tickets for $20. Um, so at Wheelhouse, what can you expect? So bring a reusable water bottle, and they have water bottle stations there. You don't really have to bring anything other than I ask kind of cheeky just to dress in 90s clothes like let's enjoy it let's have fun um cranked energy which is an amazing local um company they're going to be cheryl is going to be riding with us and she's going to be providing her amazing protein bars so i love supporting local everything um and it's going to be 45 minutes of sweating Um, All levels obviously are welcome. No discrimination. Whoever wants to come out, even if it's your first time and you're a little bit scared, please come. Um, I've got an awesome playlist that's going to be playing in 90s music. And we're just going to ride for an amazing cause of the Canadian Mental Health Association. And I'm so excited to hopefully reach our goal and I can donate a check to them. And yeah. Sounds like a great time. Is there any deadlines towards getting your ticket? or The only deadline, I believe, is going to be the day before. Okay, perfect. <laughs> you can't buy it on the day, so then that means, what is there, May 31 days, I think? 30, 30 31 I'm days? <laughs> Whatever the last day of May is. <laughs> Absolutely. So is there anything you'd like to add before we go? Um, I just thank you so much, Sunny, for inviting me and reaching out to me. Uh, like I said, I'm just this just an average person who shares my journey of fitness, health, and trying to be um, 
just promoting a wonderful cause in the community. Um, I just want to let everyone know it is okay to stand up and speak out about uh, mental health. And I'm here for you. Anybody can reach out to me if you feel comfortable speaking with me. Again, I'm not an expert in it. I'm just an average human just out there trying to trash the stigma and say it's okay if you have any sort of anxiety, PTSD, whatever, mental health, suicide thoughts, anything to reach out to say myself, um, a friend, a neighbor, anybody, a colleague, or to the actual Canadian Mental Health Association. And there are phone numbers and just take the first step and try and get some help. Absolutely. Thanks to Shannon for sharing her story of impact. If you or anyone you know is making an impact in our city, message us on social media by searching the Winnipeg Foundation at WPGFDN or reach out and call us at 204-944-9474, extension 360. Again, that's 204-944-9474, extension 360. We'd love to hear about it. This is Sunny Pomolo, and you're listening to Because Radio. Thanks, Sonny. Coming up next, Nolan Bicknell will join us to share a preview of the latest episode of Because and Effect with Stephen Shipper, Artistic Director of Royal Manitoba Theatre Centre. After 30 years as Royal MTC's Artistic Director, Stephen will be retiring from his role at the end of the month, and Nolan sat down with him to look back on his career of helping to build the theatre community in Winnipeg and in Manitoba. Welcome back to Because Radio. My name is Robert Zirk, and I am now joined in studio by Nolan Bicknell, the host of the Because and Effect podcast with new episodes every Tuesday. Nolan, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Robert. Great to be here, as always. So we are now into episode five of yeah. Because and Effect. Um, tell us a little bit about your guest and what you talked about. Sure. This week we featured uh, the wonderful Stephen Shipper from Royal Manitoba Theatre Centre, um, also known as Royal MTC. And our conversation was cool. It was a lot of fun to talk to him. Stephen has been the artistic director for 30 years, way back in 1989 he started, which is obviously an incredible career. And by all accounts, um, he's done a wonderful job in that role. We talked about his career a little bit. Uh, we talked about his legacy and just sort of the changes he's made to RMT. Royal MTC, but we, the main kind of crux of the conversation was talking about how important theater and how important art is just to the average person and how important it is to society. We kind of talked about how like the act of going to the theater and taking part in something with that community can really build bridges and connect one another. He talked about the power of story and the ability to change how we think and how we feel. I really learned over the decades just how powerful stories are and when you think about it now in hindsight you know the biblical stories why are they so powerful well they're great narratives and it's stories that seem to be able to transform people to have an experience that changes either the way we think or the way we feel and and have a have a lasting effect 
So over that 30-year span, there have been a lot of amazing performers that have taken to the stage at Royal MTC. Mm-hmm. And I heard that Keanu Reeves actually performed at Royal Manitoba Theatre Centre back in the 90s. Yeah. Tell me Stephen's story about that. Sure, yeah. Uh, it was pretty cool when I read that, doing a little bit of the research to talk to Stephen. I saw, like, what? Keanu Reeves was played Hamlet? Um, so yeah, he obviously played the lead role in Hamlet back in 95, I think it was, right around when kind of his career was really taking off. I think it was during Speed or whatever that year came out. And um, Stephen had a great story about the first time he saw the opening night, he actually teared up from seeing um, Keanu's performance, which I mean, I would assume Stephen has seen many performances of Hamlet over his career, and that tells you something about how good of a performer Keanu was. He had a great little story about the first time they met as well when he originally offered him the gig. We agreed, uh, and he agreed, and he said, okay, but like, how much notice do I need to give you in case I have to drop out? And I said, Keanu, just say no now. No problem. No is an acceptable answer, but if we promise you to our audience, then you can't drop out. And he looked at me, and I could see in his eyes, okay, if that's who you are, I'm with you. So a month later, he signed at scale, um, and... Then Speed came out in June. That was in February. Speed came out in June, and that changed everything. It sounds like they were a good fit from the beginning. Yeah, from what I heard, Keanu's a great guy. Uh, He's humble, obviously, and Steven is very much the same. He was very thoughtful, and I loved, you know, you don't hear many people kind of take their time and think about their answers, and Steven was so thoughtful and, and somewhat poetic in his answers, which was really, it was refreshing to experience. You mentioned that Stephen's been in his role as artistic director of Royal Manitoba Theatre Centre for three decades. Um, what did you learn from him when it comes to the state of, of theatre here in Winnipeg from, from his perspective, mm. having been a part of it for so long? Well, we talked about how things used to be before he took over at Royal MTC and how frequently out-of-town directors would come into Winnipeg, bring in out-of-town actors, and or just generally the industry in Winnipeg wasn't that strong. It wasn't what it is today. But Stephen and his team obviously made some changes by simply giving local actors and performers the opportunity to try out for these shows. We said, okay, from now on, every out-of-town director has to come to Winnipeg and audition the local community first. And if we can find someone here, we will cast someone here. And only if we can't will we look to the rest of Canada and only if we can't, the rest of Canada will look to the world. So from that time to now, we've moved from approximately less than 10% of the actors from Winnipeg being hired in our shows to now over 60%. And sometimes wow. it's 80% and sometimes yeah. it's the entire cast. That's fantastic. And Royal Manitoba Theatre Centre is such a great example of local strength and and how our local artistic community is really thriving. And I think uh, Stephen was very humble, but I think part of part of that is due to his career there for 30 years and all the work he and his team have done at our, our Royal MTC. Definitely. So I've asked you this about previous episodes, but I'm curious, what's one of the main takeaways that you had from your conversation with Stephen Shipper? Sure. Um, probably... The first thing that pops into my mind is how we talked about story and how story through theater can change the world. If you have a good story, he talked about biblical references and stories and how they've just 
endured for years and years and years. Um, as I mentioned, Stephen is a very thoughtful man, and I kind of loved what he had to say about the power of story and how imagination through theater can help to change the world. I believe scientifically that audiences and artists coming together in theaters to share in the act of imagining builds bridges between people based on what we all have in common. You know, the art form itself is a beautiful thing. It mm -hmm. shares truths, it shares stories, and through those stories, we create a more loving, peaceful world. Wow, and just like you said, poetic. Yeah, he's incredibly poetic, very thoughtful. I could have talked to Stephen Shipper all day. Such a great interview. Very thankful to him uh, for being on the podcast. It was, it was a really, really great experience. And so to hear the full conversation with Stephen Shipper, uh, our listeners can visit becauseandeffect.org. And there's now five episodes up. You've got Stephen Shipper, Cal Barteski, Ace Burpee, Scott Oak, and Cynthia Drabot. Yeah, it's been, uh, I mean, five amazing conversations. We've got quite a few more in the queue already for the next week. And I just wanted to say thank you to everyone who's listened, who's given feedback, uh, who subscribed to the podcast. So if you subscribe, well, to Because NFX and to Because Radio, it helps us out quite a bit. Leaving reviews on iTunes is great as well. It supports us, and we're very thankful to everyone who's been so supportive. Fantastic. So if you haven't had a chance to hear the full conversations on Because and Effect just yet, you've got five amazing episodes to catch up on. And if you have heard them all, there's a new episode coming your way on Tuesday. So be sure to stay tuned for that. Nolan Bicknell is the host of Because and Effect. Again, new episodes come out every Tuesday. So find it wherever you get your podcast. Just search for Because Ampersand Effect. That's Google, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, wherever it is. You can find it there, and also you can visit becauseandandeffect.org to learn more about the show and uh, and uh, find out more information online. Nolan, thanks again for uh, for taking the time today to speak with me. Thanks for having me, Rob. Have a great day. That's a wrap for today's episode of Because Radio. Thank you very much for listening, and thank you to all of our guests who joined us today. Because Radio is produced by the Winnipeg Foundation in partnership with 93.7 CJNU-FM. Our Because Radio theme music, Call of the North, was written and performed by Micah Ehrenberg. You can find more of his music at micaehrenberg.com. If you'd like to listen to previous episodes or subscribe to our podcast, please visit becauseradio.org. Again, that's becauseradio.org. And if you have feedback about today's show, ideas for stories, or Winnipeg Impact Makers, please give us a call at 204-944-9474, extension 360, or you can also send us an email at becauseradio at wpgfdn.org. And you can also follow the Winnipeg Foundation on social media at WPGFDN on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm Robert Zirk, signing off for Because Radio. And I'm Sonny Promolo. Thank you so much for listening, and have a great weekend.